0: This episode of the Comets Podcast is being brought to you by Huntington University. If you are a Comet season ticket holder, you can receive 25% off all tuition. All you have to do is give the admissions office a call and they will take care of you. And I am also going to take care of you with some more quality entertainment with this episode of the Huntington University Comets Podcast. Hello. How are you? It is I, Shane Alberani, here to bring you another episode of the Huntington University Comets Podcast. I hope everyone is doing well, staying safe, uh, getting that vaccination so we can uh, return to Comet Hockey uh, normally very, very soon. Uh, I hope everyone is enjoying the season and everyone is enjoying this podcast. And uh, you know what? We are going to have another fine episode for you here today. We have got Justin Vive on the show. And uh, Justin Vive is a guy who, you know, who's tormented us in the past like a lot of the players on this team this year Uh, but uh, glad he is in Fort Wayne and um, of course uh, Justin uh, comes from a hockey rich family his uh, dad Rick uh, played in the NHL and we'll talk about that among other interesting things uh, including his love of wrestling we bonded over that so uh, you'll get to hear that and you know what let's just do it right now it is me and Justin Vibe.
1: We've had a little trouble with uh, AC and heat and stuff. And right before I was about to get on, the guy knocked on my door and he was like, It'll take me about five or ten minutes. They oh. just had to like redo the wiring from the thermostat real quick. So it didn't oh, no take worries. too long.
0: No worries. But hey, it's you know, it's a uh, nice weather not to have heat or air conditioning right now. So that's cool. all right. it's
1: been it's been perfect right now. I'm just worried when it warms up too much that <laughs> that it would get a little, little uncomfortable. <laughs>
0: All right, man. Well, you're here in Fort Wayne. And I'm guessing this is not the first time you had a chance to sign in Fort Wayne. I'm guessing that your phone rang a few times in the offseason to get you here. <laughs> um, yeah, I've
1: uh, I've talked to them seriously uh, about I think it was twice. Uh, one was about two, two or three uh, summers ago. Um, we talked uh, a little bit throughout the summer. Um, and the other one was early in my career, right out of uh kind of after my first contract expired, yeah. um, but uh, both times the way it kind of worked out it was, it was a little weird um, and it ended up having me back in Cincinnati, but it was after signing American league deals. Right. Um, so it was a little kind of confusing there. Cause I, I didn't want to kind of uproot and go somewhere new. If I thought I wasn't going to be there, or if I wasn't going to have a chance to kind of I guess, have an impact. Um, So that was kind of my main reason for uh, not deciding back then to kind of check it out and see what it was all about.
0: (laughs) Well, we finally got you. You've checked it
1: out. What is it all about? What do you think, man? (laughs) Uh, It's been awesome. Uh, The team has been amazing so far. I mean, obviously – um through the first you know half of the games here we obviously have a good team on the ice and a great group of guys and um so far the the city and i mean obviously we haven't been able to see this kind of full right impact right, i right. guess of uh of the fans and kind of the atmosphere and stuff like that but from what you know limited amount we do have and everything i think it's been amazing so far
0: yeah, and you playing in Cincinnati, you certainly know what it's like to play here uh, on the opposing side, exactly. but you know, you know, you know what it's all about. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's it's awesome to have you here and uh, I mean, you didn't sign until what January 6th until we decided to play. So, what were you doing? What was your what was going through your head that whole time?
1: Uh, I mean, I'd be lying if it was to say it was easy. Um, I mean, oh yeah. I, probably a, a million different things. I honestly couldn't even tell you everything that was going through my head at that point. Uh, I mean, up until I think it was probably the first week of December, second week of December, uh, Cincinnati was still hanging on. Yeah. So yeah. up to that point, that's kind of what, I mean, I was assuming and expecting, and I guess the only thing I could expect. Um, and then I remember the call, like it was on a, on a Friday night and, um, from that point until kind of January 6th, it was just, I guess, chaos. And, uh, just trying to figure out what my next move was, if I was going to play, where I was going to play, if I did decide to play, and what if they like, and then once kind of Fort Wayne was narrowed down as somewhere where I really wanted to go play, then it was like, well, I got to wait and see if they're going to play. Right. And then, uh, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> so it was just kind of a carousel of, I guess, uh, emotions and then kind of the waiting game, which uh, by that point, as hard as it was, it was kind of almost that became second nature, I guess, because for the previous six months, that's all we'd been doing. So was just kind of waiting to see.
0: Yeah. So what so what were you doing? What were you doing to kill the time? I I mean, I've heard guys who didn't do much of anything. Some guys had jobs. I mean, what did, what were you doing? Um, yeah, I wasn't. I mean,
1: I didn't have a full time, I guess, job. Um, I tried to do it as close to normal as possible up leading up to that kind of October, November area, um, you know, with, uh, training. And I, I mean, I played a lot of golf because that was something we, we still could do throughout the summer. Um, and then just skating and working out and stuff. And then once that date kind of wasn't looking realistic and it was going to be something further down the line, uh, I started helping out um, with some uh, a few of the minor hockey teams um, with practices and uh, running uh, different various types of camps and lessons. And then uh, um, they started a new program there where they had a few minor hockey teams, so I was helping out with those as well.
0: So you weren't working the grocery store like Petey was doing?
1: <laughs> no, no. I uh, I. I <laughs> It went, it worked out actually great because it kept me on the ice, I guess, um, yeah. as hard as it was at times to find ice over the uh, summer. It was good because I was, I mean, I was out there with them sometimes three, four days a week. So it worked out well.
0: And you haven't played golf yet with Jackson Leith, have you? Because I you have wouldn't not. Trust him. No, <laughs> I have not. Bit of a shark. Bit of a shark. I'm just saying. <laughs> I've been told. <laughs> Oh, great, man. I mean, it's awesome that you're here. Um, you know, let's go back a little bit to, to, to last year. You played in that last game in Toledo with no fans. How weird yeah. was that? Um, it was
1: awful. Uh, like I've, <laughs> every, everybody that's asked, I've said the same thing. Uh, I think at the time, before any of the type of the bubbles and all that's kind yeah. of popped up over the summer, we were the only professional team to have a game with no fans. Yes. Yeah. And I actually talked to a few different outlets and stuff over the summer because they were curious to how it worked and how they have And I'm like, it was, I mean, ultimately it's your job and, you know, you're going to go out and you're going to play and you're going to give it your all. But at the same time, it was just, it was eerie. It was kind of a little bit of de- like a depressing atmosphere. I mean, yeah. you could hear everything on the ice. Uh, it was tough. It, the, my best comparison was it felt like a preseason training camp scrimmage where, you know, you're going hard, but at the end of the day, it's, it's very hard to add that extra emotion that the fans bring when they're not there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it, I mean, yeah, I'm sure it was weird, but it's also kind of unique. I mean, you could hear everybody, what everyone was saying, I'm sure.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. Like they played music and stuff, but it was like, once the puck dropped, right? you you could hear anything because there was (laughs) no, I know the NHL and the NBA, they had the kind of simulated crowd noise, Yeah, but we didn't have any of that. So it would be music to, absolute dead silence back to music <laughs> so it was definitely a weird experience
0: didn't the, the toledo guys didn't the, the bench boo you guys when you came out on the ice just to add yeah, a little bit of right atmosphere the national anthem that's like kind of a joke but because i think they're all
1: in all there was maybe 30 people in the entire building not playing
0: yeah i mean it was such a weird because we we played that night too we had a home game and uh yeah, I mean it. it never, never occurred because yeah, even that night the NBA had canceled, and even at that moment, I didn't even realize that this was a possibility. Not even yeah. after the game. I mean, it was crazy.
1: Oh yeah, we were. I remember being on the bus to Toledo, and we were like, "Oh, this." Like we saw like the tweets coming out that there was no fans. We're like, "Oh, this is gonna be weird." Like whatever. <laughs> so we're like, "Well, maybe we'll see what happens." And then we were all kind of like, "Well." You know, until like one of the major top leagues kind of pulls the plug or there's some positive cases in those leagues, like we don't see anything happening. And then, like you said, sure enough, we got out of the game, saw the Golden State, uh, like um, positive tests, everything. And then we're like, no, boy, now it's real. Like, it's definitely coming.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, how did, how did all you guys react to that? I mean, when you finally found out that it was, you know, that it was going to be canceled, I mean, what was the team? What was, what were you, I mean, you guys obviously talked amongst yourselves. So, I mean, what was the, what was the feeling? Um, the tough, I guess, emotion to
1: kind of describe. Cause you're get at one, you know, Cause everybody's in, the, in a different grand, situation, obviously. Exactly. In the grand scheme of you take hockey out of your life, Obviously, everybody's, you know, worried about their families and their loved ones. Everybody's, you know, is trying to get home and see everybody and, you know, figure all that stuff out. But at the same time, you can't just take hockey out of the picture because that is your life, your, your livelihood. It's everything. So I think that's kind of where it was tough was the mixed emotion of, well, we have a really good team we're rolling right now are we going to be able to kind of ever see this thing out because it is tough playing uh, you know 60 games and then all of a sudden being told yeah no just kidding that didn't matter at all right. like you're just you, there's no playoffs there's no championship there's no nothing so from that standpoint that was obviously a huge letdown and then the other standpoint was the unknown like you know, they're basically like, "Hey, everybody, go home," and yeah, we'll be in touch, I guess, uh, next year. So, and it was just kind of like, "Whoa!" Like nobody knows what to do. No, it's it's just yeah, the unknown, I guess, was harder to deal with than actually having the season canceled.
0: Yeah, yeah. And now, was your family? Were you around? I mean, was anyone over the border? Was anywhere you guys all together? Or, um. So i I ended up
1: going back. Um once I kind of realized the severity and how everything was starting to kind of lock down and shut down and stuff, I went back uh probably end of March um to my parents' place up in Niagara Falls, Canada. Oh, so just um, over
0: the border. So you just <laughs>
1: Yeah. So but I'm the only thing that was really lucky about me is I'm a dual citizen. So even though the border yeah. was closed, I could cross back and forth. So I went up there and I spent probably the longest I've spent with my family since <laughs> I I don't even maybe right, before right. I left yeah before I left home <laughs> in my sophomore year of high school. It was yeah, it was wow. it was it was awesome because I think I was back there from basically once everything shut down in March till about mid-July.
0: Yeah. All the guys who went home, I I asked this question. What was the laundry situation like? Did mom take over or did you continue to do your own laundry again?
1: (laughs) Um, I can't even lie. My mom definitely took over. (laughs) I think she was so, she was just so excited to have me home that um, I think it just, she just went back to her instinct of me being in high school, basically (laughs) being back home. Cause like I said, I left going after grade 10 up there and and even in college, like we stayed for a two month summer session after the normal school year was out. So I'd only ever been home for probably two months at a time, two and a half months. And then I'd be going right back. So uh, this was like four and a half months. So my parents loved it. And I, I mean, it was awesome to be able to be back, even though we weren't really, really able to do anything. Yeah. Just kind of being there at home and spending yeah. the time with them was awesome.
0: So how fun was it to be Justin Vive back in high school? He's <laughs> um, well, your old man. You play, He played in the NHL. I mean, you were kind of a big deal. <laughs> my first few years, I was in Canada um,
1: where, yeah, people definitely, you know, kind of knew who he was. And I played hockey as well. And that was it was a lot of fun. Uh, I had only been there for three years prior before high school. So I was relatively, I guess, still new with kind of meeting friends and stuff like that. And then after my second year, I went to Ann Arbor, Michigan uh, for the U.S. uh, National Development Program. And then that was just kind of a complete 180 going from a small kind of uh, Canadian high school to a massive, you know, yeah. public school right yeah. in the middle of Michigan. So that yeah. was definitely threw me for a little world. But um, at the end of the day, it was, it was for hockey. And uh, there was another great team there. So I, I had a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I talked to you guys and you, you, people just don't realize how much you guys traveled during your high school years and you really didn't have a true kind of, I mean, you had a childhood, but I mean, those, those teenage years, you guys really didn't have them, you know? no
1: that's yeah it's and people don't like they're like oh so you played high school or you played hockey in high school I'm like well yeah (laughs) but I mean it was basically September to April and every single weekend I was gone right so I'm like yeah normal high school sport yeah sure you play high school football or you play high school hockey or basketball it's like it's seasonal so it's you know three or four months and then the other half of the year you're a normal student or you play another sport yeah. But whereas yeah. when it's not associated with the high school, it's like they're on their own page. And like, especially in Ann Arbor, we would fly basically every weekend and play two colleges somewhere in the U.S. And then we would fly home Sunday and be back at high school Monday and then do the same thing again every week. So it was definitely a weird experience because you didn't really, like you said, get the chance to, I guess, meet a lot of the people at the high school. Cause you were with your team so yeah. much.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it kept you out of trouble too. <laughs> mm-hmm. The rest of us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, so, so anyway, going back, I kind of got sidetracked there. Um, you were the player rep for Cincinnati, weren't you? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, so how was that on your end as far as handling? I, I don't even know what, what you would call it? You know, obviously it's never happened before, but here you're the player rep. And I'm sure all the guys are looking at you for some type of answer.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, that's a, that was the worst part. Is like I'm getting calls and texts from guys nonstop that first probably 48 hours, and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, guys, I, <laughs> right. I don't know what to tell you here. Like, and the worst thing is too is you don't want to give somebody the wrong answer, right? You'd rather say, hold on or give me a day or give me a week, whatever, before you answer something where it's like you said, it's never happened before. So anything else, a question about insurance or a question about, you know, travel, whatever, boom, I can look it up. I can call somebody I, I or I know it and I give it right to you. Yeah. But it's like in a full global shutdown you know, of every sports league, it's like, I don't think we have that written into the the, the CBA. <laughs> right. <either. laughs> right. So it's dumb it was definitely a little stressful uh, they did a good job kind of taking their time and kind of filtering all the results and all the answers out but for that first week or two it was definitely a little
0: stressful now how did you get into being a player rep is that something I mean how does I guess how does one fall into that um honestly I
1: wish I could really tell you um <laughs> Because, I mean, sometimes you just – people just get saddled with it, not even really by their choice, you know. And that's kind of what happened. Um, it was when I was in – where was I? I think when I was in Hartford, um, I was leaving for the season and being in Niagara Falls where it's based out of – I think I was at a golf tur- – the golf tournament that they have every year. And they're like, oh, we don't have any returning rep in Hartford. They're like, do you mind just being our point of contact – while well, you go there and then if somebody else wants it or like whatever you guys vote for a rep or whatever then we you can start going from there and i was like yeah no problem and then i got there and everybody i did the meeting at the start of the year passed everything out and like all the older guys were like nah you're doing a good job just keep doing it <laughs> so i was like all right yeah sure so that was seven years ago
0: and and here you are. <laughs> yeah, still still doing it. So is there a lot of paperwork involved? So what, what, what is the organizational skills you need to be a player rep? Um, I mean, at the
1: start of the year is really the only kind of, I guess, a little bit of a hectic time, because as you know, the first, in a normal year, especially the first, you know, month, there's so much movement yeah. between guys going down, guys going up, uh, you know, injuries, people being signed, released, whatever. So, basically everybody needs to fill out all their union paperwork and all their league paperwork and get all their insurance info in and stuff like that. So that's really the only thing you have to kind of chase guys around about and make sure they're filling all that stuff out. And then you get that uh, emailed over to the union uh, rep. But other than that, throughout the year, it's just more being, I guess, a a source for guys, kind of a go between. Uh, And especially once you play long enough, you, well, I shouldn't say that up until a full season <laughs> shutdown, you've, you've seen everything. So you can kind of guide guys or give guys advice or answers or give, at least give numbers for people to call for their yeah. questions. But until this spring, yeah, that was the first time where I kind of just said, Hey, I, this is out of my hands. I got nothing.
0: <laughs> so labor unionizing after you're done playing might not be a course, but at least you have experience in something. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, I guess,
1: I will say it has helped me understand the, I guess, inner workings of everything that goes into the CBA and the little things that, you know, the, the people outside of the sport don't see, let alone the players like have, like I never knew half the things that go on and that are included that you would never know about unless you actually sat down and read the CBA, which I'm going to be honest, nobody's
0: doing that. (laughs) So, but now do you have to know that? I mean, so like if you're called on, like, I mean, yeah, do you have to know the answer? You can say, I need to look that up.
1: Yeah. That's, you don't have to know. Like that's the thing. Like guys, you can look it up or you can, you know, shoot an email to one of the people in the union that, uh, that would know, but you definitely have to have some, some understanding about the insurance and you know, the travel and um, stuff when it comes to, you know, significant others or children or, everything like that. Because if you don't know and you're just passing everything along, eventually they're going to be like, well, get us somebody there that can help.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. Now, did your dad help you out? I mean, he obviously knew the business. I mean, I mean, did he help you out with any of that stuff or having experienced? Not really.
1: Um, And surprisingly, my dad's been, and like I, I say it and a lot of people are like, there's no way, but he has been one of the most hands off, really that yes and it's and like i i love him even more for doing it sure Um, yeah he because you know you do see obviously you know the kind of the helicopter parents and especially when they played the same sport that just you know coach 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 and he he never coached one of my teams growing up in minor hockey uh he never would you know, I never got a call saying like, oh, that was horrible or you, know, you got to do this. You got to do that. It was always kind of, he would hear me out, talk to me. And then if there was something that he saw that I was doing that he thought I could do better or I could fix, he would just kind of point that out. But never really, like even when it came to the union stuff, never really got involved. Never really it was like, oh, well, I did this or I did that. He yeah. just kind of let me
0: kind of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 really interesting because I mean your your dad was obviously in the NHL for a very long time and you know I mean he's a guy who had been around, you know, knew the business, you know, and he didn't need you to live vicariously through I guess, you know. He was like, "Hey, you know, <laughs> you're exactly gonna do what you want to do."
1: Yeah, and that's what he well he we've done multiple articles together obviously yeah. and stuff and that's always what he said was, you know, I wasn't going to be the reason he played hockey. Right. If he wanted to play hockey and truly Pursue it, it was going to be his decision. So, and I think obviously it worked out where I did want to and everything. And I think he loved that obviously because he, you know, it's the game that he grew up and played and loved and loves watching. But he wasn't going to be the reason that I chose to do something, which it's definitely worked out way better without having any resentment or any guilt or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah.
0: Oh, see, that's cool. That's great. Now I I have a confession here. It shows you my age. When you first started with Cincinnati, I remember our first game, we went to Cincinnati and you were in the lineup and I think I called you Rick at least three times at least that's just because uh, that's what I grew up with. I grew up with (laughs) With
1: your dad. Yeah. That's been my nickname there since my first year (laughs) because the, I got sent down my very first year, and that was when Jared Scaldi was the coach there. and I came out for the first practice. They were they had already been there for a while, like skating, playing, everything. so I got sent down, went out and he he tried to yell to me to like about like for something and just by habit, he yelled me. <laughs> right. <laughs> and until the end of the year, everybody thought my name was legit just Ricky Vive. <laughs> and then you they find so Justin. And they all kind of looked at like, who's Justin? Like yeah. he's been on the team the whole year. And they're like, oh man, we thought your name was Rick. I was like, oh, that's good.
0: Yeah, no, I, I still remember that night. I'm like, oh, that's that's Rick Vibes kid. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm gonna call him Rick the rest of the night. And I think I did.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> You're not the first nor the last, probably. <laughs> uh,
0: well, you were on a team. You had a couple guys who had dads play in the NHL with Dominic Zombo and uh, uh, uh that Bookaboom, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was kind of a unique thing. You guys kind of had that experience together.
1: Yeah, they did a they did a neat little uh, like kind of three part series um that year i was i don't even know 3 years ago maybe yeah. 4 years i don't even know at this point but it's <laughs> uh, all them
0: together you're getting older like me
1: <laughs> yeah they did uh they did a cool little like kind of three part little mini docu series it was like a 10 10 minute video of each of us and then kind of with clips of our dad and then like some interviews with them and us and stuff yeah
0: So, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of that was really neat because I even remember looking at the lineup that night when you guys were all playing together. It's like, oh, that's a cool little story. Yeah. (laughs) And you're not as big as your dad. I mean, I'm sure you're bigger than your dad. Your dad really wasn't that big. Right. So where does that height come from? Yeah, it's he's probably
1: six feet right around. And then my brother is six five and I'm six six. (laughs) Is your mom tall? (laughs) <laughs> um, not like, I think she's five, nine. Really? Yeah. Jeez. So it's, we yeah, have, it's, a, <laughs> it's definitely different when we go to the whole family reunion thing and. Everybody's six feet or below, and then right. it's just my brother and I in the back of the the pictures and stuff. But um, I'm definitely not complaining about it now after <laughs> I've decided to go into sports.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> so, did your brother. What does your brother do? He's six five. He's obviously got this your size, man. But uh, what does um, he, he played.
1: He played hockey growing up. Uh, he was. He's a left-handed. Uh, and he was a left-handed pitcher. Actually, he was an unreal uh, baseball pitcher. Oh, yeah. But he never really. Uh, <laughs> Never really had the drive or, I guess, the the want to pursue it out of just basically the high school age. So um, he just went out east um, in Halifax and went to school out there and got his degree. And then uh, he's back in Toronto now, married, uh, kids, and uh, just, yeah. Yeah.
0: Living, the, Living the normal life, I guess. Nice, nice. So, uh, yeah. what, what did you study in college? What's what's life after hockey gonna look for you? Maybe. Um, so I did
1: a sports management um, slash, I guess, marketing. This it was like a hybrid program that they created, and then I had a minor in computer science. So, um, don't really know what it entails. Um, <laughs> I've always kind of told myself after hockey, it would have to be something very, I guess, unique for me to do if it doesn't involve sports. Right. Right. Yeah. For me to to have a true passion and love to do it because I've just, you know, I'm I'm about to be 32 years old and for every year of my adulthood, it's revolved around sports. Right. And so I'm like, I can't see myself in, you know, whatever it is, three, five eight years, whatever, going to get a job. And it's just completely different than sports because I just don't know if I have the passion if sports aren't involved.
0: Right. Right. And plus just a normal schedule. I mean, how can you guys, you've been doing this for so long to work like an eight to five job. Uh, <laughs> exactly. That's what I mean. <laughs> I'm just like, I think it's
1: whether it's, and that's what I've said, whether it's always something from the, the, kind of administrative side or the scouting side or development or training or something just to have me and have one foot involved with sports. I think is something that I would obviously want. And I think a lot of guys do because it's what you grew up loving and doing. And it's something that will keep your interest, you know, for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And you, you actually played in Fort Wayne when you were at university of Miami, right? And you played in the tournament game.
1: Our regional uh, we beat,
0: Alabama, Huntsville, and then
1: we beat Michigan in double overtime. Yeah, the, that's uh, right. That's the right. Regional.
0: So, so you were actually, familiar, at least you'd seen the barn before <laughs> playing uh, that tournament. Yeah, that, we were actually in
1: Fort Wayne's locker room, too, the, the old one before yeah. the renovations. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I mean yeah you you I mean those you just the Frozen Four just had took place so I mean you, you I mean those were that's some good times I mean college hockey is just pure fun I mean it's you know just like really oh, another yeah. college sport but I mean college hockey's got a different just a different feel funness to it I guess if that's a word
1: <laughs> oh for sure like those my I guess all four years we were really good but those uh, those middle two years going like back-to-back Frozen Fours and winning the CCHA and the regular season CCHA was just like kind of a roller coaster of excitement. But at the same time, yeah, looking back, it's like those two years were just unbelievable <laughs> with the back-to-back Frozen Fours.
0: Right, right. So you were, I mean, going to University of Miami, you were familiar with Cincinnati. You were familiar with the area. So it's like you going eventually signing with Cincinnati wasn't that big of a change for you
1: no exactly and it well, and it, it was all i guess by sheer luck because i ended up signing with florida and san antonio yeah and cincinnati ended up being their affiliate right. so at the time it was like i went to san antonio and um like ended up playing there for a bit then got sent down they're like you're going to cincinnati i'm like oh all right well I, <laughs> works out well i was like i'm not happy about it <laughs> but I think it could be worse because I actually know that place and I don't know many cities in the U S so, right. Right. Um, yeah. So I ended up going there for the two years off and on my second year, I was only there for playoffs, but, um, yeah, just having that familiarity and kind of knowing the area and stuff, it definitely helped with the transition early
0: in my career. Yeah. And you played in San Antonio and that's a weird, it's a really cool town. My, my in-laws live in San Antonio, but, it's not a hockey town and it's really weird no. you know, when you're, when you're not, when you are so used to hockey towns and you go somewhere that isn't, you know, it's just such a different, I, I really can't explain it. I mean, it's just, and for you as a player, I can't imagine what it's like. Yeah, it was,
1: yeah. Like you said, it was weird. Uh, it was, it was, um it reminded me a lot of my early childhood uh, when my dad coached in charleston yeah um for the stingrays when we first got down there that was the first time hockey had ever been in like uh to the carolinas there and stuff right. and it reminded me a lot of that with people like they love the sport but they don't really understand what's right. going on in the sport and like when we first moved down there, there was no, um, no youth hockey. There was no uh, like any type of really rinks other than the one they played at. Yeah. And that's kind of how San Antonio felt to me was like a city that they supported the team. Great. Like we got great crowds, but you talk to people outside of hockey and they'd kind of be like, yeah, we love going to the games, but like there, there's a lot of things we don't really understand. And I'm <laughs> like, oh, okay. That's
0: fair. Right, right. I remember going down for a visit and I had a Comet hat on and somebody asked me, what team is that? And I had to explain that it was a hockey team. And they're like, oh, this is San Antonio. It's too hot for a hockey team. You you guys have hockey teams.
1: Exactly.
0: So. Uh, oh so yeah san antonio is a, is a really neat town but unfortunately not a hockey town but uh no nope. you know. uh, <laughs> but at least it's warm weather i mean uh the weather it was great great weather. golf
1: great golf weather i will say that not a lot of humidity and yeah. it was basically warm year-round so it was nice <laughs>
0: So, okay. So you're, you're here in Fort Wayne. We're happy to have you. And, uh, you know, the weird thing is that when you look at the, the names on the roster, you know, you never thought you'd see a day with, with Sean Sitlowski, you and AJ Jenks. And, uh, if there's any closer to, to ECHL royalty, it's you three. And to see you guys on the same line was just, I had to shake my head to start the season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I guess, I mean, I shouldn't be
1: surprised anymore because this year has been anything but normal. Um, But it's been, I mean, it's been cool. Like like you said, I've been playing. I played with AJ actually my first two years in his uh, first contract as well. We were both at San Antonio and Cincinnati together. So that was kind of cool because I hadn't played with him since. And that was, you know, we were like laughing. We're like, man, that was almost nine years ago. (laughs) Um, 20s (laughs) yeah geez that was a while ago but um you just I played against those two guys and some of the other guys on the team for so many years where it's you almost just learn to understand that they're a part of that team or that team or whatever and now that we're all on the same team it definitely was a little weird the first couple weeks in town I think for everybody just realizing that you know, you're so used to seeing that guy on that team. that right. Now everybody's on the same team. It was definitely a little bit of a learning curve.
0: <laughs> Have you ever, I mean, it played against a player and say, you know what? I'd love to play with that guy one day. Um, I think
1: anytime you play against, you know, a highly skilled player or there, you know, there's those players that are just so frustrating to play against. Yeah. They're under your skin. They're, you know, they're finishing every hit. They're just hard to play against. I think that's almost kind of part of the recruiting process, I guess, at the end of a season, when you sit down and you're like, Hey, like I hated playing against that guy or (laughs) I loved playing against that guy. We need him here. And that's, I think it happens way more than people think it's, you don't want to be in the middle. You don't want to just be like, Oh, that guy was there. You either want to be hated or you want to be loved (laughs) because it means you were doing something right or wrong to the guy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, I felt that way about AJ for years. I remember the first time we played him when he was in Florida, and that I think probably the next week I kept telling management, "Sign that guy, sign that guy." So it took us a yeah. while, but we, we eventually got him. Exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah. So you uh, you know Cincinnati, you obviously uh, you loved the place, and you had your own bobblehead. You had one of the most unique bobbleheads. You had no. uh, you were you were on a roller coaster.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh... I didn't know it was going to be that at first. Uh, I was just told that they said they they were finally gonna finally gonna give me the uh, opportunity to do it, and I was I was obviously pumped because uh, it was something that I've joked around with a few of the people there. Uh, I was uh, about how many years you had to stay or play uh, before you could get your own bobblehead, but. Um, It just worked out that that year we were doing our kind of brand takeover with Kings Island for the, for the game. And the old roller coaster there is called the beast. So we became the Cincinnati beast for the night. And, uh, there, I don't know where it came from, but somebody pitched, (laughs) <laughs> me in the roller coaster the cart <laughs> and on the beast so i obviously it was like yeah i'm down let's do this so they took the the 3d camera and everything and did the whole kind of circle around and then they took the they basically took the same thing of the cart and then kind of imposed me into that
0: don't bring that up with sid it's kind of a sore subject with him he's been asking yeah. for some bobblehead for quite a while <laughs>
1: Uh, I'm sure. See, it's, it's always a running joke with guys. And so when, when I first heard that, I was like, I'm in 100%.
0: See, if I had my own bobblehead, I would literally just walk around next to Sid with it and just showing it to him. Look, I have one. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the bobblehead. Uh, so have you? did you ride the Beast?
1: I have before. Um, I didn't actually have to for that promotion because they took the kind of 3D printout of the cart without me in it. And then they just imposed the two
0: together. But you did get to write it. At, at
1: yes, I, I have. And it, my neck was, I think, sore for a week <laughs> after. It's one of the old wooden ones oh, yeah. that... Is really jerky and I'm definitely yeah. too big to be in the cart in the first place. So uh, <laughs> I was a little, little sore afterwards.
0: Yeah. Never really thought about that. Big guys in roller coasters. I'm like the perfect size for roller coaster, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it doesn't work. It doesn't work too well. They're not made
1: with us in mind. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> so you weren't a big amusement park. You're not a big,
1: I love park. them. That's yeah. the thing. When, especially when I was young, I was obsessed with roller coasters and all of it. And then now it's like, unless it's, one where your legs are kind of not locked in yeah. i'm like usually the thing comes down and it just crushes my legs and i'm like this isn't enjoyable at all
0: <laughs> yeah i could see where that'd be a problem yeah <laughs> so i mean so did you like king's island see myself i'm a cedar point man i did not really get into king's island when, a couple times when i was a kid but I um yeah cedar i would definitely take
1: Cedar Point just for the sheer size of it and right. everything. Um, I went there, yeah, in high school a couple times. Um and then I've been to Kings Island multiple times. They well for the rides in the summer, I've been a couple times, and then they also have a pretty cool uh Halloween and Christmas yeah. um month where and Halloween, it's all pitch black and they have like all the people hiding and there's haunted houses everywhere. And so that was pretty cool. And then the Christmas one, they turned it into the North Pole. Um, so it's like kind of a big winter wonderland kind of thing.
0: Yeah, roller coasters in the winter? Are they actually? <laughs> no, those were. Most
1: of the rides are run. Halloween, they are still running. Right, right. Uh, but the Christmas one, they have a few of the smaller things and then it's they have like a giant ice rink and they have a bunch of other things going yeah. on there. So.
0: Yeah. Did I read somewhere that you wanted to join the WWE at one point? That, that is correct. (laughs) I did did, did, did a deep research there on my part. (laughs) Literally people, I
1: put it down on my sheet every year when we do like the little player info sheets. And I, every time it always pops up on the like Jumbotron or whatever, like in the program, people always laugh. I'm like, no, no, I'm one, I'm 100% serious.
0: (laughs) You got the size for it. I mean, yeah.
1: That's what, what that's how it started when I was younger. Like kind of a cult, Well, I loved wrestling growing up, was obsessed, which I'm sure a bunch of people my age were growing up. I was. I, yeah, yeah. I, like it was, it was the best thing. Like every Monday night, yeah, dinner, run right downstairs, glued to the TV. And um, probably in college, I grew my hair real long. And people would always be like, man, like, you kind of look like a wrestler with the long kind of like stringy wet hair, like yeah. before games. So I was like, and I was like, man, that would be my dream if I didn't play hockey. And then it just kind of kept going. And probably about five or six years ago, the PHBA actually signed a uh, kind of like a partnership with WWE. Oh, really? And yeah, like kind of like yeah. a, like uh apprenticeship because they basically, I guess approached hockey and was like, well, the, a lot of these guys, you know, would be great transitioning over yeah. because they're used to, they're athletic, obviously. Um, they're used to performing in front of people. Um, they're, they're physical. A lot of them yeah. are big in, in stature and size, and they all have like kind of loud personalities. So yeah. they were kind of, they were like, hey, so I sent the team, did it for me. I didn't know, but they sent the, my resume in Uh, and they had like I did like a uh, joke video one time too like a mock thing and they sent that all in and I got contacted and uh I actually went out there for the day because it was when I was in Bridgeport yeah and uh they have a training thing in Stamford Connecticut yeah so we went out for the day and we got to go there and get in the ring and do all like the training and stuff like that, and meet some of the trainers and all that. And I, I still have their contact information. It's like <laughs> as much of a joke as like it sounded. I was like, I was like, depending on when I stopped playing, I'm like, you could definitely wrestle for a lot longer than you could play
0: hockey. Right, right. But I mean, like how, what was the, I mean, you met, talked to some of the trainers, like what was the, I mean, was there any difference between hockey training or do it like being a pro wrestler? um from the standpoint of the actual workouts no yeah. um
1: you it's based. that would basically be the same uh you would obviously focus on you know gaining a lot more size than yeah, yeah. slimming down for hockey but um i think the biggest thing is just actually the physical training of learning the moves and um being able and being safe with it all and learning kind of the ins and outs of all that stuff so um I know they do have like a, it's like a six months kind of like training camp that you go to and all that. And I, like, I talked with the guy for a bit and I still have his, I still have the email saved too. So I was like, one day I might just do it. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Do you have uh, any entrance music picked out? Cause that's what I would, that's the first thing I would pick out. That's that's the first question I get.
1: What would your name be? What would your finishing move be? And what (laughs) would your intro song? And that I don't know.
0: Oh, you see, you got to have that stuff at the ready. I know, I know. That's the one,
1: the first three questions I get from like fans when they see the what would you be doing if you weren't playing hockey and it says wwe there that's the first three questions i get
0: <laughs> yeah so i end might end.
1: have to figure those out here yeah soon. you
0: gotta you gotta do that man that's 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 awesome so who's your favorite wrestler i mean you because like well you're 32 so you like grew up in the attitude area uh, era i mean yeah. you, that was your that was a sweet spot yeah like when
1: I, that's the thing like i still oh i don't By no means am I a diehard anymore, but uh, but like also, if I see it on like oh, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. If
1: I'm flipping through the channels on like a Monday or Thursday night and it's on USA, I'll pop it on for like an hour and just kind of get a chuckle out of it and stuff. But growing up, I was just obsessed with Stone Cold. I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't get enough of them. and I thought it was like the coolest thing ever. And then um, Degeneration X was my my earlier one, and then I kind of moved over to Stone Cold when I was really young. Nice, yeah.
0: I grew up in the 80s, and WrestleMania three, Pontiac Silverdome, I was there. Really? It was 12. I mean, just in that perfect, you know, great, the sweet spot for being a wrestling yeah.
1: and <laughs> I remember my dad took me to one um live, and, like, yeah, I was probably right around there, somewhere in, like, the 12 to 14 range. Yeah, that's, where I that's curious, the best, I would have rather been there than like a Stanley cup playoff game at that point. Like it was the coolest thing in the world. Right.
0: And you know, until you go to like a live, like a, 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 a TV like that, it's like, you don't understand the pageantry. I mean, the production value of it. I mean, it's like a rock concert Holy. plus 10 sometimes it's wild. Yeah. I go to the one in
1: Cincy every single year when it comes yeah. in and I'll drag whoever wants to come on the team. Like, I think I've been to like, I don't even know, maybe six or seven events now. Like they've had one pay-per-view there and then they've done a bunch of the like raws or the ones where they tape like three different mini shows yeah. in one and so yeah. I, I go to all those just because I love going and just having a night out watching it. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's great, man. Well, we could sit here and talk wrestling all day. I'd love to, So, but uh, we'll end it there, man. I I appreciate you coming on, my man. And, uh, you know, I I mentioned this to to Brandon Hawkins. You know, we finally got you here. I don't know what it's going to take to keep you here. Uh, You know, I'm I'm, I'm offering bribes, whatever I can do. (laughs) I You know, I told Brandon, I said, look, I got two dogs. You can have one of them. I'm going to have to offer the other one to Viper. It's all I've got of value. So...
1: (laughs) Well I appreciate uh yeah thanks for having me on it was it's great and uh I'm just hoping we can you know duplicate that first half and uh just go rolling right into playoffs and uh, have right ourselves a right year right out brother all right man well thanks a lot all right thank you appreciate it
0: finishing move character name and entrance music let's help justin vive out let's make that a thing Uh, let's see if we can't pick out all of that stuff for him to get him prepared for his next career working as a professional wrestler justin vive what an interesting guy what a great chat uh had a good time and uh, glad he's on our side and i hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the huntington university comments podcast we'll be back again very soon with a new episode again thank you for listening and we will talk to you next time